0: ASI Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, Episode 99.
1: I am the world. I'm the boys and the girls. I'm the dads on the grind, paying rent, punching
0: time. My name is Russ Shaw. Is the Elms. My name is Russ Shaw. Uh, that song is called "I Am the World." Uh, welcome. Doing a series of shows on the Ten Commandments. This is the third part of Commandment number five: Honor your mother and father. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to do this show on the Decalogue. Thanks to uh, this guy named John Frame at the Reformed Theological Seminary and a punk rock band called Good Charlotte who made an album called The Chronicles of Life and Death and uh, the clash of listening to that album and listening to Dr. John Frame. Just, you know what, I just wanted to do this show and talk about sexual ethics and do uh, this series of shows and how amazing the law is, the Old Testament law, the Ten Commandments. Um... My name is Russ Shaw. My email address is russ at asi247.org. The website is asi247.org. If you want to check out the website, it's kind of in uh, disarray a little bit. I haven't had time to get it all caught up to speed. I have a list of the episodes on the website if you want to uh, download the shows from there. Or you can go to iTunes and uh, subscribe on iTunes. If you'd like to subscribe to the show... Hit the subscribe button. I would certainly appreciate it. The more subscribers, the more higher the rankings, and the better it is to take a shot at this uh, this horrible addiction that ruins so many lives. Um, and that's my goal here: is to talk about sexual addiction from the aspect, from the perspective of someone who's been there who has totally jacked up his life and has ruined everything and is recovering from that. I'm still married. Um, Marriage is difficult, but I am trusting God that the future will be better, and I will continue to talk about this, even if I start losing my voice. Excuse me there. But uh, leaning into my faith and realizing that Jesus is redeeming me, my wife, my family, and it's taking time, and it's uh, patience and Part of that is authority. Yeah, so subscribe to the show. It uh, just clicking on that subscribe button helps. Um, if you like it, leave a donation to the show. You can do that at the website asi two four seven dot org. It says paid for by listeners to the show. So I don't run ads from Google or anything like that. I'm not interested in uh, selling out to some kind of ad revenue to keep this thing paid for. Um, if it's working, if it's helping people, then people will uh, be drawn to donate. People will, uh, if it's, if there's a work being done in your heart, um, I think generosity follows. So, uh, love you guys and keep listening. Uh, one thing you can do if you don't get the money to donate, man, I get that, it's kind of a rough economy right now, is just push the subscribe button and subscribe to the show. So And that helps too. So uh, pray for me is the biggest help, more than money, more than subscribing, more than anything else. Keep me in your prayers because uh, I am convinced that I do this show. I pick up the uh, microphone, start doing this thing, and a fire alarm goes off in hell somewhere. So uh, I don't know. It's just weird doing the show. There's a, a weird kind of spiritual warfare that goes on. And uh, here to talk about some of that, here to talk about authority, here to talk about... This coldness of heart that just kind of gets into authority and messes it up. That, yes, we're supposed to honor our mother and father. We're supposed to honor the government. And uh, why do we not do that? What happens in the hearts of men that makes governments so screwed up, that makes families so screwed up? And what does that have to do with sexual ethics? Check this out. Love this tune. This is paramount.
2: younger I saw my daddy cry and curse at the wind he broke his own heart and I watched as he tried to reassemble it and my mama swore that she would never let herself forget that was the day that I promised I'd never sing of love if it does not exist. But darling, you are the only exception well, you.
0: Love that song. The only exception. I'm going to ask you in the show, what is the only exception? Who is the only exception for you in listening to that song? What does love mean? And who is the only exception? Um. Got some notes that I uh, I did I took on the uh, the lectures on uh, the fifth commandment, the state is a governing body with a sword. Um, The church is not. Okay, here in the United States we have a thing called the separation of church and state, which I believe is a good thing that the church does not get involved in government, in the role of government uh, to a certain extent. But uh, a lot of churches, churches here in the United States don't pay property tax and stuff like that. So there is some government rule over the churches. There is favors over the churches, but uh, the church doesn't, govern people, right? Um, Ultimately, a good democracy and government wants peace and a love-rich environment to grow culture, right? That is part of government. That's what governments want. A good democracy, like not a dictatorship, right, wants peace, it's in the Constitution of the United States here in the United States, we have that in our constitution um that ultimately that's what government is after is a peaceful place for culture to grow and for people to live um God is love and I talked about that in a lot of the episodes in the past that yes God is love and part of that love is wrath That part of that, that's why I'm a Christian that I understand wrath, I understand discipline, I understand that yes there's hurt and pain that goes on here because God didn't make robots right? There was a fall in the, the Garden of Eden um, whether you believe that or not, whether you believe that's metaphor or it actually happened the way the Bible says, um there was a fall right sin fractured everything all the way down to the planet relationships are screwed up and jacked up and broken our relationship with God is jacked up and broken we have to continually press into him and realize that he's continuing to pursue us but part of that is that he is love the Christian heart is being disciplined and part of the the thing about wrath is, right, there's God, it's God's punishment and there's God's discipline. And that's two different things. I've talked about that in a lot of past episodes. Don't want to go into that today. But if you if you realize that part of God being love is justice, okay, that is love. That God is not just letting everybody get away with everything. All these movies, here in the United States, we get cop shows are huge, and uh, movies. It's, everything's about justice and, and dispensing justice. And when justice is, is dispensed and we see that in our mind, we're like, wow, that's awesome. Love that. Love to see that happen. Uh, but when it's not, we feel ripped off and we rebel but the facts are that there is a heaven there is a hell and nobody's getting away with anything that's the truth and i uh i know i bag and beat on religion a lot but uh true religion in the book of james is taking care of widows and orphans it's loving people it's helping the poor it's helping um people who who can't help themselves part of me doing this podcast is is good religion right like helping other people who are in the place that I was—I hated that place. I didn't have a me to listen to, to talk to, to email. And uh, part of me doing the show is—is is going, man, that sucked when I was there. I have a heart and a passion to give this message to other people because I've been there and it hurts and it sucks. And having this behavior control you you not controlling it is is horrible way to live and there is light at the end of the tunnel and uh so that's part of true religion right any improvement of society comes from that true religion in the authority and government okay the bible is going to be very clear about religion and how we're supposed to push back what's evil in the world that if you have a transformed heart, that's part of what you want to do. Whether you do it with your money, whether you do it with your work, whether you do it with your time, pushing back evil and and hate is part of what we do. But what about when that hate comes from the government? Um, revolution, right? There's lots of governments that have a revolution. The uh, the Protestant Reformation, like th- th- those two words are very similar. Um, here's some more notes all crime is a result of worshiping in rights and responsibilities false gods okay it's going back to the first commandment why do people rip stuff off why do people rape why do people do horrible things because they're not worshiping the God who created everything they're worshiping the creation not the creator I have to have this thing I will break the laws of the land to get it that's what I'm after so that's part of of government. And listen, please don't email me with your stories about black helicopters and um or, or right? Uh, which is the study of the end of the world. It's the end of days, Russ, and, you know, I get these emails and people talking about, you know, Obama going to the Middle East and, and, you know, Obama's a Muslim and all this. Just would you stop? I'm not interested in politics. I'm not going to talk about that. That's not what this show is about. I want to get to the heart of why we buck authority is what I'm after here. So please don't send me your emails about, you know, the end times or the end days or the black helicopters or the, you know, the president Bush taking down the twin towers, right? That's just goofy and silly. Okay. I'm I'm not interested in politics at all in the show. I'm going to go for the heart and that's what I'm after. I cannot stand when Christians get political about this stuff because it's not about politics. it really isn't. Jesus goes for the heart. Jesus was never political ever, even when they wanted him to be. All right, one of the things about Jesus, one of the reasons I believe in Jesus Christ is just going back and you study the historical timing and what happened in those days. And he did miracles. All right, he rose people from death. He healed mass amounts of people. And there was witnesses to that. And people wrote about that. There's a huge amount of historical data on the person and work of Jesus Christ in the first century. Um, The atheist mind wants to ignore that. The Discovery Channel type of conspiracy theory freaks want to say that that didn't happen. (laughs) They want to take this huge amount of weight because conspiracy sells, right? It's just unusual, and we like that kind of thing. So it's silly, all right, because they ignore a huge stack of historical data, but they'll go after these little weird conspiracy theories, right? If Jesus' bones are buried in the Middle East somewhere and they find his DNA, there's no Christianity, right Jesus isn't dead that's the point um i don't that's why i don't like religion i don't believe that this is my religion i believe this is historical fact and that's why i believe it not because i have to put my faith in something over here and i know that you know, there's the faith and then there's science and no it's historical fact and part of jesus not being political is him going to the cross that was his passion and him not being swayed by people who said, hey, you fed 5,000 people, we want to make you king, <laughs> right? Right? He, he wanted to go for the hearts of people because he loves them, and that was his passion, was to win back sons and daughters into the kingdom of God, not to be king or ruler over anyone except for that rule that's on the thorn throne right? Through the thorns on his head to the thorn, the throne in heaven. Thorn, throne. I'm losing my ability to speak here, but uh, you get what I'm talking about, right? So please don't send me your emails about that kind of weird political or eschatology stuff. Okay. Love is God and God is love. And part of that is focusing on our hearts and what we're really motivated by um, structure here's some more notes on on this uh, principles and methods Hebrew slavery um, people fell into debt or sold into slavery. Um, this is part of the, the family aspect of this is like spoiled children fall into slavery right? the job becomes a new family for you when you join when you get a job that's part of a new structured family and when we can't make that work we usually end up fired um this is part of my story. I'm self-employed. I was fired from a lot of different jobs. I just didn't work well with others, and I was just a control freak. I was angry. I was tough to work with. And then I got into my own business doing my own thing. I spent a lot of time alone driving around. but I also am not anybody's boss. I buy a lot of product, and I have to uh, right I have to negotiate that. With people. So I'm pretty good with people, but at the same time, working with people in jobs in the past was always very hard for me. And a lot of that had to do with how I was raised and what I grew up in, what I learned to be true. So I was very good at very shallow, short term relationships, right? I have to watch myself sometimes and make sure I'm not trying to sell my wife. Okay. That's some of that apologies that we do as men especially. Like, I'm sorry. Okay. Are you sorry, Russ? Or are you just saying that to sell your wife that you're sorry so that you can have peace now? Okay. This is my past and growing up in my family. I'm trying to create peace. I'm trying to have some some safeness in my life and it's some of that can go right into I'm just gonna say I'm sorry and try and create peace right now in this moment because Eh, this hurts right now, right? Does that make sense? Um, And that may be a lot of your stories as well. I find that people come from two different kinds of parents, right? There's the parents that are overly controlling and have a lot of rules and are pretty strict, so to speak. And then there's parents that are more lax on the rules. They're more, you know, they like to govern by love and, you know, how do you feel about that? And, you know, they're more lax and more let you get away with stuff, and i think through our cold-hearted reasoning when when our hearts start to get cold we start to get bitter about that how we grew up i've heard i heard it said that um spoiled kids make spoiled adults well i agree with that to a certain extent i think that's absolutely true that there's a lot of spoiled kids who grow up spoiled and expecting that you know life is all about them um But it really has to do with maturity. I've also met kids who I would think are spoiled growing up who came out to be pretty decent people. I've also met people who were very highly structured and grew up in a strict environment who, you know, got out of that and then just rebelled like crazy and went nuts and became um, really jacked up addicts as well. So... I think it really has to do with how you were loved growing up more than the rules and the laws. And that's all about the New Testament, right? The New Testament comes along and says, here's why. You know, the the end of the book, the, the New Testament is closing that chapter on the Old Testament law and rule and wrath. A lot of our issues with God and the way that things are just set up to be have to do with our parents. And I think that do you feel safe is part of it. Do you feel safe with your authority figure that you have been tossed into this world to um, be raised by, right? And I think for a lot of us, if we can avoid our parents, things go better. Like, I feel safer if I can just avoid mom and dad and be by myself. And when I bring up stuff with mom and dad, they don't really understand me. I feel like they're condescending. I feel like they're judging me. I I don't feel like they're trying to get inside me to a certain degree, right? Like intimacy. I don't feel like they want to know me. So I, I feel it's just better to not communicate with them because it's going to be painful and a lot of you grew up in those kinds of environments i did as well and that can give us a really jacked up way of looking at this world a way of looking at our creator and a way that of looking at just the way things are so slavery in the biblical times listen slavery hasn't gone away here in the united states you know. Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves, right? Not true. Slavery's still around today. It's green and silver, the color of money. Not skin color, but the color of money, right? And slavery is is gone as far as owning people, but the bank owns your house. The bank owns stuff that, that you run your life with. Like, you know, the bank owns us to a certain degree, right? A lot of this... Uh, this thing about slavery in the Bible. Well, the Bible is, you know, people say that in colleges and stuff. Well, the Bible uh, advocates slavery. Yes, true. Because that's how it worked back then. You owed money. You, you know, you were a slave. Or you had to sell your kids into slavery. That's how the world works in a sinful, fallen world. The law Governs and rules. Whether we like it or not, there's a thing called gravity, right? You step off a building, you splat on the ground. That's just how the world's set up to be. And when government breaks w- the way things are set up to be, we, right, there's a rebellion that takes place, there's a revolution that takes place. The Protestant Reformation, there's a reformation that takes place when the hearts of the people ruling the governments have grown cold god influences people with warm hearts to love to change things sometimes it's not that sometimes it's bloody sometimes it's war sometimes it's uh you know it's things that are done that we don't necessarily like but there's something good in that kind of rebellion in that kind of reformation. You're saying there's something good in rebellion, Russ? Yes. And Jesus Christ comes into the world. God comes into the world with, as a man, right, with a missionary heart to come in and save his sons and daughters, right? He comes in as Savior. He enters the world. He hangs out with sinners, okay? He hangs out with the drunkards, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, and he has he, he all the government rulers who were religious people put all these different rules and cold-hearted religion on Jesus and he bucks it Jesus says you honor me with your lips but your hearts are far from me right Jesus calls them uh you're you're like a clean shiny cup on the outside and the inside's all dirty and nasty and corroded he calls them whitewashed tombs you know like that, that Allison Chain song with a beautiful, you know, grave with a nicely cut grass on top, and inside is rotting bones. Okay, he goes after the the religious rulers who were also part of the government in that day that sent him to the cross, that screamed crucify him. But Jesus, being the ultimate authority because he is God in human flesh, came back three days later. All right, and yes, I have faith, and part of that faith is seeing and believing. All right, and yes, I have faith in things I don't see. We don't have recorded imagery. I can't prove all of this. Neither can you. Okay, I've talked about that with atheists before, and I'm glad you're listening. All right, if you're having issues with God or Jesus, or I just I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad you haven't hit the eject button on me yet. Um, I'm gonna play another little bit from Paramore here the band Paramore. Paramore is a biblical word too it means sexual slave jesus is come and sent to set the slaves free and the religious people had a real hard time with that why is your teacher hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors and sinners eating and drinking with them because it came to be an exception because it came to love us And we learn some jacked-up lessons in this cold, cold world where hurt and pain and a parade of corpses seem to just continue throughout history. Check this out. Love this song.
2: maybe I know somewhere deep in my soul that love never lasts. straight
0: Um ruled by comfort, loneliness, and risklessness. It's going back to some of what we learned growing up and some of our issues with authority. And I just want to feel safe, and if I have to be alone, then that's just safer. But you're the only exception. I love that. That's that that verse is just part of that song is just reaching for life. You're the only exception. The question is, who is the only exception? The number one reason that uh, women, females, commit suicide is because of a relationship gone wrong. Because that person was so put up as God and they failed as God. Because they were never meant to be a God. A boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse, a husband, a wife make horrible gods. Let me promise you something. It's not safe to be alone because you can become consumed by your addictions and by your own self and your own aloneness. It's not good for us to look at relationship as our personal savior because the person that we fall in love with, the person that we get, you know, the person that we feel safe around, the person that we fall, you know, that, that head over heels, lovey, gushy feeling that you get when you get it, It's 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 fleeting and it's good for that moment but that person will hurt you can i can i just tell you that that that's the truth let's stop with all the mushy positive thinking bs and let me tell you something you get in relationship with another sinful jacked up human being and eventually they will hurt you all right i don't know how hard i don't know the degree of which they will hurt you but they will hurt you and you have to have a different system of the way that you've set up your life besides this person, that you're going to fall in love with this person and that's going to solve everything. It's not. it probably create more problems. But you being alone isn't the salvation for that either. That's why the Bible's going to say that it is sin to be connected with people that are in shallow relationships that you're not really committed to for the rest of your life. Okay? I love you guys, but you have to get honest about what is actually motivating you and drawing you and, and and authoring your life. What pen is authoring your life? If you're living together, if you have no plans of getting married, if you say, oh, well, I love her and we're married in our heart. No, you're motivated by fear and you don't want to get married because you're afraid you're going to get hurt, right? Honestly. Well, the money and the wedding would be big. Well, you know what? Please, go get married at the city hall and then have a big wedding later when you can afford that. People do that all the time. When you get married, you have a contract. You have a covenant. You enter into a blood covenant with that person. It is a way that the world was just set up to be. God enters a blood covenant with us through Jesus Christ. That's why you can't lose your salvation. All these guys, oh, you could, you know. No, you can't lose your salvation. That's biblical. That's in the Bible. Jesus seals us in covenant relationship with him. And we enter into marriage. It's the same deal. We're supposed to, check this out. Here's this song from Stevie Ray Vaughan. We are supposed to be, and I could play dozens of songs, hundreds of songs like this, but it's supposed to work like this. It's supposed to work like love forever, and we just don't trust that. If we're honest, that's what we're looking at. We just don't trust that. Check this out. You're Stevie Ray Vaughan. Love this
2: tune. I also know what you do doing tonight. little night. I could see if everything was alright. Hold you long and on the real bright will make a magical wonderful sight It's to be where you love where to eat where to sleep and to stay where you all of my life I hope you darling it's only 16 Cause a sweet you find to when I'm a dream We're Together got my life a new feeling I love you darling I know I always will to be where to love where to eat where to sleep where
0: you, stay with you all of my life love with you eat with you sleep with you be with you all of my life that's the way it's just supposed to be right but we don't trust that and we have this this right past maybe we've learned lessons because of our old way of doctrine the doctrine we lived our life by and it's not always going to be easy man it's going to be hard and it's going to be difficult and again you are going to get hurt i love that movie book of eli i go back to that a lot thinking about these relationships and and how uh the character in the movie in this post-apocalyptic um war-torn united states right after this big nuclear holocaust or whatever it was um we look at our lives like that sometimes, especially if you've been divorced, if you've been in a jacked up relationship, if you had a boyfriend or girlfriend betray you, if you've had to leave a, a horrible relationship because of abuse, um, we look back at that and we, we have a hard time trusting There's that scene in the Book of Eli where he's shot, right? He gets shot, and the book is taken away from him, and that look on his face, and Denzel Washington is such a great actor, and he's just looking at, at everything, and he's like, oh, my God, did this actually happen? God told me I was supposed to keep this book. God's, you know given me his his grace and his providence through caring after this book and here i am shot and the book is gone and he's just in this place of where most christians are right? most people who call themselves christians i think live a lot of their life in that place that look on his face that emotion that is in him that just uh devastation what now god I think if we're honest, if if the atheist guy is honest, if the guy who left Christianity is honest, what we're really frustrated with is the way, and Matt Chandler said this, I thought it was brilliant, it's the way that God chooses to govern his creation. We just don't like it, right? We don't like how things turned out for us. And I think we hit those points and we go back to the labyrinth, I call it. A lot of this um focusing on you know religion or just even reading the Bible if it's not if it doesn't have a warm relationship feel to it um, studying books, listening to podcasts, listening to speakers um and all of the energy that we get from this instruction can be thinking about other people right I talked about that before the the whole um you know, the baseballs with the red, yellow, and blue on them in Little League when my son was in Little League, and these kids, they couldn't hit the ball, right? It's like that should and ought to thing. They're standing there with a bat in their hand, and the guy's throwing the ball, and they can't hit the ball, and it's like, hit the ball. Well, I know I should hit the ball. I know I ought to hit the ball. I'm standing with a bat in my hand, but I just can't seem to hit the ball. And then the coach Paints the red, yellow, and blue on the balls, and he's throwing the balls at him, and they're like, that helped, right? Because they were focused on the ball. What color is it? So when they swung the bat, they would get shot out the color, right? Red, yellow, blue. So... I guess I share that story with you because we can tend to go back to the labyrinth of not hitting the ball and thinking about other things and not being focused on what we're hearing in instruction. And instead we think about, you know, we'll hear something like that I'll say in the podcast or that your pastor will say or that somebody will say on, on the radio or I don't know. But we'll think about these instructions and we'll, we'll, we'll put them on someone else. Like my mom really needs to hear that. Or my wife really needs to hear that. Or my friend needs to... No, what about you Dude, what about you? All right? Lady, what about you? Where, where are you at? How how is that instruction hitting you? See, that's part of that back to the labyrinth. We're not we're like a cup with a hole in it. We get eclectic and vague about our spirituality, right? That's kind of Oprah-based religion that's out there. That it's just, oh, all gods are the same, Russ, and the same God of, you know, Allah and Jesus and Buddha. No, no, they're not. All right, the God Allah is not the same God of the Bible. It's, he's just not. That's not true. But if you look at the the doctrine of these religions and the way that the faith is based it is totally different and Oprah has her own religion right like that whole mountain thing I've talked about that before the mountain is not God if you take the mountain out of that analogy that all the religions are just climbing the same mountain to get to the top of the mountain and God is on top of that mountain well if you take the mountain out of it it doesn't make sense see that's your religion the mountain is your one narrow minded view of God Right? Don't think that you're, you know, you're all you know, accepting of these other... You're not. You just created your own. That's what that, that theology is. So it's eclectic. It's vague. And we go back to the labyrinth. Instead of having some solid foundational ground that we ground ourselves in when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to the way we see our, our jobs, our structure, your whole destiny, right your legacy that you will leave, the ripple effect that you will leave in this planet. a lot For a lot of us, our doctrine is just this eclectic, vague labyrinth of, of self and staying alone and staying safe and staying, you know, not feeling like it's worth the risk to enter in relationships with other people because they're scary and I don't feel safe. I'd rather stay eclectic. And we have a should and ought to way of viewing the world and a way of viewing other people and if we're honest we don't even know what we're grounded in okay that's that was my story that's why I rejected part of why I rejected Jesus was my family part of what I was grew up in um, and part of it was really deep hard stuff and for a lot of people I hear you you are mad at Christianity you're mad at Jesus but I don't know if it's a family thing I don't know what it is I'll share with you through something that's it's uh, more like a bad dream than than even a memory. But I know that I was sexually abused. I just am not clear on the severity of it. I have what is called repressed memories of what happened to me, and one of the memories is being in this this um, trailer, right trailer house, and there's a picture of, of Jesus on the wall while horrible things are going on. And I've had to rip that, that picture of Jesus out of my head. And and me being sexually abused by someone who was much older than I was at the time was a horrible, evil thing that happens in a fallen world where people have their own free will and can make their own decisions. And again, there is nobody getting away with anything. And, and I pray that this person has repented of their sin and is not continuing this kind of thing. But if they don't, I know... That there it will be justice. All structured societies and governments and and systems are based on authority and submission. And for me, um, Jesus has brought clarity to the gray. He's brought clarity to the eclectic, vague, spiritual. You know, Jesus on the wall picture or on the church or on the jacked up right authorities in the world has brought a clarity to that for me in my heart. Because it all depends on what's in your heart and the rulers and, and who, what kind of... Jack- one of the greatest things about the United States that, where I live is that we don't let sinful human beings be in power for too long. I think that's really one what, what, of the great things about this country is we don't let sinful human beings be in power for more than a few years. Because that's part of it. We all fall and we all make mistakes and none of us are perfect. Repentance is just clearing up the gray, and it's, it's loving and choosing to love out of our hearts. It's, it's being a conduit for the glory of God, letting God's love shine through us, okay? This is, this is between the difference between grace and mercy. This is from David Jeremiah. I love this. Um, mercy, mercy withholds the knife from the heart of Isaac. Grace provides a ram in the thicket. Mercy runs to forgive the prodigal son. Grace throws a party with a robe and a ring and a fatted calf. Mercy hears the cry of the thief on the cross. Grace provides paradise that very day. Mercy converts Paul on the road to Coma- Damascus. Grace calls him to the great to be the great apostle. Mercy closes the door to hell. Grace opens the door to heaven. And part of that, you know it's going back to that song, um, life is beautiful. Part of it is just opening our eyes, seeing how hugely blessed we are, how massively blessed we are, how much grace we've already been given and and, and shining that love back. Not for the love of God, but from the love of God. That's something that Pastor Mark said that I thought was brilliant. It's, it's not that we, well, for the love of God, I'm going to work really hard. And, no, it's from the love of God. From the love of God. From what I've already received through the grace, from the cross, from all of that. From just historical evidence of what actually happened. Not religion, not shoulds, not ought tos, but what is. It gives you a different sense of want to when your eyes are open. And then that's what I want to ask you: Who really sits on the ruling as the ruling authority on the throne of your heart? I want to leave you with a song and, and ask you that: Who is the exception? First of all, what does providence look like for you? And ultimately, if you're real honest, what is your definition? of love in a sinful, fallen, hurting, cold world. Where do we find warmth? Where do we find rest? Where do we find peace? And, and ask yourself this this week. Pray about this. Do you find peace in going back to the labyrinth, back to the safe, thinking about the gray, staying there or do, do we find peace in actually trusting and stepping out in faith in, in the scary areas that we don't know? And part of that is getting to know people and getting to have some, some structure around you, fighting that immune neglect right, getting your heart open. What is love? The
2: only exception.
0: From which authority are we going to submit to? From which um, system of learning are we going to continue this ripple effect of love that will continue for the rest of our lives? We will obey a master. The problem is we don't really realize that we're doing that. We don't know. We don't see which master we actually obey. But we will obey. Check this out. This is 1 Timothy 4.16. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. The New Living Translation uh, ends that verse with this. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. The ripple effect of the people around you. What is love going to look like? You will make a decision. You Tomorrow's an empty page, and you will be in some kind of a doctrine. You will change eventually, gradually, anyway. What is it going to look like for you? Now, my name is Russ Shaw. This has been ASI247.org, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. Um, I've gone long. I love you guys. I want to leave you with a song by featuring Bruno Mars a, a great friend on Facebook a great friend of the show sent this to me love this song and uh, just gets you to think what your definition of love is cutting through the surfacey, level one, level two gray areas how did you get here? I love you guys Till next time pray for me I'm praying for you guys Love you guys. Bye.
1: Show us what true love is. Now Hollywood wants to make you think they know what love is. But I'ma tell you what true love is. Love is not what you see in the movies, it's not the ecstasy, it's not what you see in that. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It isn't proud. Love is not rude. It isn't self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. You see, love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth.